Hi, my name is Jason Connery, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond, and I shall be talking about my new film that I've just directed called Pandemic. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. We are back for another episode of On Screen and Beyond, episode 83 to be exact. I'm Brian Zemrak. I'm your host. And joining us this week as our guest, we have an actor who our listeners in England will know as Robin Hood from the 80s TV show Robin of Sherwood. And that show was also shown on Showtime here in the U.S. a little bit uh, later on after the 80s. And he has been in many movies, and now he has a movie out that he directed, and it's called Pandemic. He is following in his father's footsteps, his famous father, of course, Sean Connery, who, of course, was James Bond. And uh, Jason Connery will be joining us later in the show, so stick around for that. I know you're going to want to hear that. Um, I also want to let you know that um, we're going to have another episode coming out uh, this week, actually, on either late Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure when we're going to get it out definitely, but one of the, you know, between that, Wednesday night and Thursday early. Uh, so anyways, you might want to keep aware of that because we'll have another episode coming your way with a very special guest. So stick around for that. And uh, we uh, will, of course, still have our regular episode coming up next Monday. So we got a lot of things going on here at On Screen and Beyond and a lot of exciting guests coming your way. So hope you'll join us for that. And we appreciate when you do. And uh, right now, let's get right into Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, it looks like the classic Bernstein Bears book, TV shows, uh, you know, all that stuff, are about to be remade into a full-screen theatrical release. Also, 2008's Swedish vampire movie, Let the Right One In, is about to be remade in the U.S. with the title Let Me In. It'll star Cody Smith-McPhee of The Road as the star. And a film version of the Ouija board. You know that game? You know where you hold the thing and somebody else holds it and it... Spells out the spirit speaking to you and all that. Anyways, it's in the works, and the writers of next year's Tron are going to be writing that one. And that's about it for Remake Madness. Coming up next, upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Upcoming movies, well, Charlize Theron and Meryl Streep and Jennifer Conley are all rumored to be starring in The Ice at the Bottom of the World. It's a story of a retired Navy captain and his family. And uh, Theron is also slated uh, to produce and star in Florence of Arabia. Now, that's a comedy about a State Department employee who wages a campaign for equal rights for women in the Middle East. It's set for a 2012 release, and it looks like Will Smith is producing a film called Amulet, starring Jaden Smith and Willow Smith. A little bit of family there. And uh, it's a family adventure film 
And it's about a brother and sister trying to save their mother from a beast. And that's about it for upcoming movies on On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City. Well, it looks like we've uh, talked about this one before, but now it seems to be getting more and more on the move, and they're going to be working on it. A uh, sequel to Roger Rabbit is in the works. We've talked about that. But it seems now the original screenwriters are back to write the sequel, Roger Rabbit 2. So stay tuned. We'll keep you informed on that one. And Spy Kids 4 is currently in development. It's slated for production to start in March of 2010. With a 2011 release, and Robert Rodriguez is the writer-director. No word yet on who is in the cast, so we'll keep our eyes out for that. And Rodriguez is also slated to direct Sin City 2 for a 2011 release and Sin City 3 for a 2012 release. And that's about it for sequels coming up next. TV on DVD right here on On Screen and Beyond. TV on DVD, it looks like you can pick up JAG Season 9 as it comes to DVD on November 10th, along with Nash Bridges, the third season, and The Untouchables Season 3, Volume 2. And word is that Season 2 of The Patty Duke Show will be released early 2010. And let's see, one other one here. Uh, January 5th, look for the complete second season of Chuck. And, of course, that hits stores on DVD and Blu-ray on that date. And it includes the 3D episode that they say they will never show on TV again. All right, so that's something to look forward to. I understand it's going to come with the glasses and all that sort of stuff. That's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, movies on DVD right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD, well, it looks like Pixar's Up, starring Ed Asner and Christopher Plummer, arrives in stores on November 10th, and it's another classic, of course, from the top animation company, Pixar, and it looks like uh, Star Trek XI, this year's retelling of the Star Trek story by director J.J. Abrams, hit stores on November 11th also, and uh, December 1st, look for Night of the Museum 2, Battle of the Smithsonian, to come your way, starring Ben Stiller. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have our interview with none other than Robin Hood himself, Jason Connery, who has a new movie out that he directed called Pandemic. And it's right here on On Screen and Beyond. He's going to talk about that, the movies, the TV shows he's been on, a lot of great stuff. And he gets into the how things were made in the movie Pandemic. So listen to that. It's really neat. So it's coming up right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Joining me today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who has appeared as Robin Hood in the British 80s classic Robin of Sherwood, played Ian Fleming, the creator of James Bond in a film, guest starred on Smallville and so much more, and just recently his latest film, uh, which he directs instead of stars in, has been released. It's called Pandemic, and he is Jason Connery. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, Jason. Thank you, thank you. It's very nice to be here. Jason, uh, first off, I got to tell you, I watched the movie, 
and yeah. um, it's it, it's a great film. It's so suspenseful, and uh, it just you know draws you into it as it goes on and on. Well, uh, thank you. I it it's um, uh, we we actually shot the film in twelve days, so uh, wow. we were all running around uh, pretty much twenty four hours a day. But I, I feel like it holds its own. Um, you know, it was it was a low budget film, and we shot it up in Phoenix, Arizona. Although uh, the film is set in New Mexico, and uh, it was great fun. Um, but I, ha- I have to say, I haven't worked that hard for a long time. Really? Now, did yeah. you? Did you? Um, how did you be, become the director of this? I mean, is, is it somebody you knew, or did you know of the film and then tried to get people involved, or how did that come about? Yes. Uh, well, what happened was, um, I, for, for a little while, I'd been uh, directing, I started something called Short Mon- Mondays, which was basically uh, people would make short movies, and then the first Monday um, of every month, we would show uh, three or four of these movies, and they couldn't be over 20 minutes long. And uh, then we'd have a Q&A afterwards with the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And I started to get a taste for directing, and I directed some theater, too. And I was looking for a script that would work as a low budget um, because I knew there was a certain amount of money that I had the funds for because they were interested in in, in being involved in a film that I was directing. And uh, there's a writer called Aaron Pope, and he wrote the script, uh, and we had a couple of meetings. And um, basically that's how it came about. Um, and then I started to put a crew together, and uh, we met uh, the people who were involved with... Uh, Hollywood Phoenix Studios up in uh, just outside Phoenix in Avondale, and they said, "Well, we have a number of locations which we think will work really well for the film, and uh, anything else we can shoot uh, round and about and near where the studio is." And the great thing about that is, uh, with a very limited budget and limited shooting time, the thing that costs a lot that you don't actually get footage for is. moving location and when you shoot in a studio you just cross to the other studio and you've got a new location you know we had a cafe set and we had a a barn set and we had uh, the inside of a tent set so that was very helpful and we were able I think to to create quite a good atmosphere for as I say a very limited budget Mm -hmm. yeah and and you talk about limited budget and but the special effects were were very good in it, um, especially like you know when the disease starts to spread within the person, and, and you can see the veins and everything. That was pretty good. The well, way it's, you did it's, that. It's, it's, it's interesting you should actually pick up that one because, and this is God's honest truth. Um, you know, we had very very little money for the uh, post uh, effects, and so I went down to Third Street Market, which is quite close to where I live, and I bought. Um, a rack of pig's ribs, and then uh, a pig's heart, and uh, and a number of other sort of internal organs, and I put them together, and then I shot them very close with it with the camera, and then I took the footage to a special effects house who were wonderful to, um, to us. Um, you know, they had they had hundred million dollar movies going in there, and they would get through that work, and then in the evenings or when they had time off, they would literally put in those veins and things that you talked about. Wow. So it was very much a sort of collaborative uh, thing, and, 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 and I've got to say uh, the FX house were, were really, really good to us. 
Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so I appreciate that you that you enjoyed those because uh, <laughs> there, there was a, there was a, it was a real collaborative effort. Yeah, it it, it 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 worked well. It really looked you know it looked good the way they did it and the way you did it and everything. And uh, uh, thank you. Being on a uh, a, a low budget film. Uh, do you tend to wear more hats than you normally would if you were, you know, with a multi-million dollar budget like that, you know? Yeah, there's certainly there's certainly an element to that. Um, you know, there are certain key jobs that uh, there's no question, um, uh, uh, you know, have to be filled by specific people who hopefully know what they're doing. Um, you know, very often you, you have a number of uh, PAs who, who, who swap hats um, as the director, I, um, you know, uh, quite a lot because you're shooting uh, uh, quite a lot of footage. Uh, you know, quite often it's it's somewhat run and gun, so and handheld. And um, in doing that, um, you know, you you may pick up, uh, uh, you know, lighting boxes and uh, you know the 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 video screen that you're watching the playback on and all that kind of and, and and rush over to a different area mm-hmm. because um you know and 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 what's wonderful is especially when you shoot on location is that you become this team you know and you work very much together which i which I've always loved I love when I worked in the theater the whole rehearsal period and the whole idea of a group of people putting on a play you become you know you know very uh uh, you know, just very supportive of each other, and mm-hmm. and that in the twelve days that we shot pandemic, that very much happened. So yes, absolutely. Twelve days—that's that's amazing that you could get it done in that short length of time. Well, what we had was as well, um, we because you know, in some respects, the tape and the camera, the camera package. Uh, when you order two cameras, you can normally get a deal because you. Uh, you know, because you're, you're, you, you know, you're not going to, we didn't order double of everything, but we had two sets of lenses and two cameras, and then we could, so we could shoot uh, quite a lot of footage uh, if we worked it out properly uh, and get different angles and things. And my whole thing is, if you're going to tell a story, you get as much coverage as you possibly can so that you always have something to cut to. So um, even though it was 12 days, we shot a lot of, a lot of footage because tape is probably the cheapest thing you, that you're going to use. So, so it wasn't actually, it wasn't on film. It was all digital. Yes, it was on uh, what's called the uh, F900, which uh, you know that we shot it, uh, you know, a year and a half ago now. So there's uh, the, the cameras, the red cameras, and various other cameras are all much more uh, efficient now. Um, in all honesty, a lot of people now don't even use a tape. They'll they'll just uh, you know, put it on a on a disc or a card, uh, and have the raw footage, and you know they'll be editing it. That uh, that as soon as you pull it out and download it, they can they can start editing it. So you can have a, a rough assembly by the next day, which can be fantastic because oh, yeah. you can see any shots that you've missed and and what have you. Yeah, but Boy, um, it's changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and to tell you the truth, uh, it was 120, 130 degrees up there, and so the camera kept shutting down. So we actually had to go and find dry ice and then pump the dry ice into the side of the camera so that it wouldn't shut down because it was too hot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so you were working under pretty pretty severe weather conditions then? Well, we had, um, uh, we had uh, yeah, actually, I don't know if you, uh, if, 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 they, if they gave you a screener, it may not be on there. But uh, Yeah, I, I have a screener, so I didn't see any additions that you might oh, have put on. Oh, well, because I, I, I shot a whole... Uh, 
uh, interview section, and in it, everybody talks about all the different aspects that we had to sort of, because it's not only that it was incredibly hot, but they also had these really strange uh, weather, uh, I don't know, fronts that pass through, so that you'd be standing there, and we literally had um, uh, a windstorm followed by a, uh, a water or a rainstorm followed by, which then turned to hail, and uh, finally ended up in um, in uh, uh, us being absolutely completely coated in sand. Oh, so it was it was it was a very bizarre day. We 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 did have some interesting. Uh, uh, we I don't know if you remember the horse. Yeah, the at, film, the, at the beginning. Start the movie, yes. Yep. But that, that horse, I'd asked specifically not to have a black horse because you can't see the blood on it. So they did indeed bring me a black horse. But then they brought me a horse that wouldn't lie down, and the only thing I needed it to do was lie down. <laughs> so uh, we did find ourselves in a, uh, in a bit of a state because any time lost, you know, it seems dropped. So um, at one stage, I had a blanket with a PA underneath it, and we made the hay in the shape of a horse the long shot and he was moving his arm up and down to signify the breathing of the horse luckily we never had to use that shot because the horse did eventually lie down and unfortunately uh, we pulled the PA out from under the blanket after about two hours and he immediately collapsed and was taken to hospital with dehydration oh, so geez. we had we had a few interesting moments jeez oh, <laughs> the, the things you have to go through to get a film done <laughs> I know I know We'll be back with more of our guests right after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did uh, obviously directing had its challenges for you? Uh, do you find directing more challenging than acting, or acting more or than uh, directing? Well, it's so different. I mean, in some respects, acting is is one part of the puzzle. Whereas when you're a director, you're very much uh, creating the entire puzzle. Um, you know, I used to get quite jealous on some days. Uh, because I would see the actors all there telling stories to each other and having a laugh, waiting for the set to be ready and waiting for the makeup to be done and waiting for everything until they get their chance to do their part in the puzzle. Whereas as the director, I was uh, the whole time I'd be talking to the uh, the wardrobe, talking to makeup, talking to special effects, talking to uh, uh, basically everyone, and Ed, because the buck stops with the director, and uh, they all want to know that they're doing things the right way, or hopefully the way the director wants, because at the end of the day that becomes the, the vision. But I have to say, um, I so enjoyed all the different processes, the pre-production, getting ready, the excitement, all of that, preparing, the actual shooting, which was getting the footage, uh, working with the actors, all of that, and then the post, which uh, I hadn't had as much experience on because having shot shorts and also being an actor, you're not involved in the post that much. There is much less post. 
you know, putting the music on and punctuating the, the film with the music, the sound and making the sound very specific to all the events, uh, and the editing. I mean, just editing uh, to create tension, to, to speed the film up or to slow it down or to give the person a specific uh, look and to finding those private moments that the actor has that, that you as an audience, because it's a very voyeuristic medium, uh, you know, those kind of things were so exciting to, to, to build and very frustrating. And then when they did work, it was wonderful. When you felt they didn't, it was very depressing. And then hopefully uh, you always found an answer to whatever the dilemma was. So, and then having it fully finished and seeing people enjoy it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a long process, but it's a, it's, at the end of the day, it's a, uh, it, it, it feels good that, that, that people can watch a story and, th and have thoughts about it and say, well, why did that happen? And, oh, my God, that was so surprising and, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, now, you, you mentioned about um, uh, the music and the editing and thing. Do you actually get involved with the actual editing itself? Oh, yeah, I was, I, I, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's, it's one of the most important, I mean, I'll give you an example, and this is from way before I started acting, um, uh, I, 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 the, fir the first summer job I had was working on a, uh, a film that my dad was making and um, I was numbering the film because at that time they edited on film it was one of the digital stuff they mm -hmm. had this big huge Steinbeck which they would and we'd have to sync up the film so that the voices were in sync with the, with the picture right. and then we'd have to number the film so the, number, the numbers would come up so the editor could distinguish where the cuts came so it was a very different process and much more long-winded. And um, there was a woman in this film, and I'm, I'm not going to go into who it was because I, that wouldn't be fair, but she had a lot of dialogue and her scenes were very flat and somewhat boring because uh, it didn't work. And the editor basically found all the good lines in her performance and cut out all the rest because a lot of it was waffled. And her performance in that film was, first of all, she garnered reward, uh, uh, awards for it, mm. but second of all, it was completely different from the performance that she gave. <laughs> it was snappy, it was fast, it was witty, yeah. it was funny, you know, and I, I, I realized that you can take a performance and completely change it. <laughs> yeah, jeez. You know. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing, and you can make the film seem fast, you can make the film, you can take a pause, you can cut to something else, you can cut, you know, uh, to people, to, to, to a man, you know, the, the, the woman says, I love you, and the man is frowning. If the editor decides to show the man frowning, and we as an audience go, oh, he obviously doesn't love her, or he said something wrong, or not, if you don't cut to him frowning, then we don't see that, so we don't know. Hmm. So you can change a complete you know, a complete experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it makes a big difference in the film, that's for sure. Uh, Absolutely. Well, I want to get to uh, a couple of emails, if we could, that people have written in uh, when they we put on our website that uh, you were going to be on, and we, we got a lot of emails, but, of course, I'm only going to do one or two here. <laughs> okay. Um, Ted from Orlando, Florida, uh, wrote in. He said, I saw a pandemic the other day and enjoyed it a lot. Uh, will there be a sequel? Well... It's funny, you know, my son is actually in the film. He's in the last scene of the movie. Oh, really? And, um, yes. And uh, uh, it is set up with the, you know, and it's sort of slightly tongue-in-cheek in a way. 
But um, uh, I, I have no, I don't know that there's going to be any kind of a sequel. But, but um, you know, the feeling is that the that the pandemic has been contained, and yet there's a, a piece of evidence right at the very end of the film that, that may suggest that that's not the case. Yeah. So, so that it does leave itself. Somewhat, yes. Yeah. So that was your son who was uh, in the, the 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 van at the end. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. I I didn't know that yes. was your son. Yeah. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Now, um, uh, I wanted to get into a, a few other things here if we have some time, you know, a little bit of time. Um, uh, you, you you've been in a lot of different uh, things uh, as far as uh, uh, one of the email. Well, I'll do this next email here. <laughs> it's uh, from Shannon from England, and she says. Ah. She said, "Somebody, a place you know, I'm sure." Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, uh, she says, "Jason, I loved you in Robin of Sherwood. I watched wow. it all the time back then. Uh, how did you feel stepping into the role and becoming Robin?" Right. Um, just to give background, uh, Robin of Sherwood was uh, it was actually showed here in America on Showtime, um, but it was created in Bristol, which is just outside London, Southwest. Um, and I played Robert uh, of Huntington, mm-hmm. uh, Huntington, uh, who was the Earl of Huntington's son. Uh, there was a man called Michael Prade who played Robin Hood before me, and he was the son of a villager. And uh, there are actually two different uh, tales of Robin Hood. One was that he was the Earl's son, one that he was the villager. So obviously I played that one. And you know, it was interesting, um, the Merry Men, as they were known, the Marys, mm-hmm. and uh, Maid Marian. It was uh, somewhat intimidating for me because uh, I was only uh, 21 and uh, maybe just 22. And so I I, uh, I was stepping into a series which had already had a success with another actor playing uh, Robin Hood. But they embraced me so much. I mean, there's a strange thing that happens in England is that when people, as they call it, take the mickey out of you, in other words, tease you, yeah. The more they tease you, usually means the more they like you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they teased me mercilessly. So I figured they must like me. Um, I, I did have very, very long blonde hair and looked somewhat like Linda Evans, uh, which they teased me about as well. Um, and we looked very physically different. He was very dark, and I was obviously blonde. So in some respects, I was a little trepidatious going in, but they did fully embrace me. And I have to say... I didn't know how lucky I was. It was a, a, an experience I will never forget. I, they are my friends, Ray Winston, um, Clive Mantle. In fact, Mark Ryan, who played Nazir in the film, only today I was at a voiceover and he was there. And uh, I see him all the time. And um, he, he was a voice in, uh, in Transformers recently. So he's, had a, he's traveling around the world uh, talking about voiceovers. So uh, it was a joy. And... and uh, to answer the question, basically, I was a little trepidatious, but I, I had such a good time and I was so embraced that it was, uh, uh, and obviously, it's slightly, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's always the people who preferred Michael and some people who preferred me. Right. It's always a bone of contention, but I'll live with that. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, something that I found interesting was you played Robin Hood in the yeah. 80s. And your yes. father, and in case some people don't know, I mean, I, I'm just assuming everybody automatically knows, but your father is, is a little bit known for his acting, a, a gentleman called Sean Connery. <laughs> yes. And um, uh, now he also played Robin Hood in a movie back in the 70s. So, and then 
he played, of course, James Bond, and you played Ian Fleming in a movie. So <laughs> there's two little you know connections there along the way. There is. There, I, I think Freud would have a field day with me playing Ian Fleming, who was the <laughs> creator of James Bond, who my dad played, because there you're messing around with a lot of uh, Freudian elements. Right. Um, I, I actually enjoyed playing. I didn't know that much about the incident, so that was a that was really interesting to do the research and look into that. He was mm-hmm. a pretty interesting guy. Yeah. Um, yes, Dad played in Robin Robin and Marion. Uh, he played sort of. I played Robin in his early days, I right. suppose, and and Dad played uh, Robin Hood when he came back from the Crusades and was and was pretty, as they say in England, knackered, which means somewhat tired. Uh, I won't give you the literal translation of what knackered means because uh, it's a little bit uh, uh, a bit of a worry. But um, uh, yes, that, that, that's exactly right. We uh, we did um, uh, both play play Robin Hood, and uh, I, I thought Dad's Dad's one works so so well. It always moved me so much. I mean, I don't want to spoil the intro, but it's not good for Dad in that one. But uh, he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. And um, now I know there's been times I, I've, I've heard rumors that there were times when you and your father were actually possibly going to work together as far as acting, and it never worked out. But um, now that you're a director, any chance you think you could convince your father to come out of retirement and maybe work for you and let you tell him what to do now? <laughs> Would he listen to well, you? <laughs> I don't think there's much chance, even if I am directing, he's going to let me tell him what to do. But, um, uh, actually, to tell you the truth, on a, on, a, on a film set, my dad's incredibly uh, pliable and, and able to to work with with directors. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's I've been on many sets with him. Um, you know what? Uh, I feel like my dad. I would love to direct him. Um, I feel like he's really happy where he is. In the set. he lives in Bahamas. He plays golf. He um, you know he walks on the beach every day, and he 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 you know in some ways. Uh, time is more important to him than money, and he certainly uh, doesn't feel like working at the moment. I don't well, know. You which, know I, I could never answer for him. But, um, right. But if money's not a problem, then you could just tell him, hey, Dad, come work for me for free. <laughs> <laughs> it's better and better. Um, yes, I could. I, I did sort of nudge him about something, um, and, you know, he kind of ummed and ahed and had a look and stuff. And, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things that I've always been... My dad is a very private man. I'm quite a private man, um, and I, you know, I honour him as my father, of course, but mm-hmm. also in what he does. And so, uh, you know, I would have no problem with saying to him, "Look, Dad, you're you're perfect for this. You know, come and do it, and let's have fun, and we can do it together." And 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 I would be absolutely open to him saying yes or saying no because I know that he would only do it if he wanted to. Right. So, oh yeah, that that. How we how we how we've been together, really? Yeah. Um, well, we're almost out of time, but I'd like to just ask uh, one or two more things here about uh, what you have coming up in the the very near future. Um, I understand you're in a, a film called uh, Glass Houses. Yes. Um, well, there's a, there's a number of things uh, that uh, I'd be acting in. Yes. Um, Glass Houses, and, and and there's also a film I, I think I'm going to go and do in France uh, in March as an actor as well. But what I'm doing now is I really, and this is sort of my uh, kind of business plan or work model or whatever you want to call it, is I, I find stories or scripts and writers and then I work with them to create hopefully the best story or script that I can and then I take it to various financiers 
or studios or what have you and uh, see if I can get it funded and with me directing. Um, and so that's what I'm kind of doing at the moment. I'm off to Australia uh, on Wednesday and uh, and then, you know, and, and then I'm, I think I'm going to Israel and I'm just, uh, you know, just doing that really. So that's kind of where I am. I, I promised my son that I would uh, never be away for him for more than two weeks without him either coming to me or me coming back. So so that's kind of what I adhere to, which is, you know, which works for both of us. Yeah, that's so, great. That sounds, you know, yeah. that's a good way to do it. And and the other one thing I wanted to mention was uh, Rose of Sharon. Uh, is that you, something you're directing? Yeah. Yes. Rose of Sharon is a romantic comedy. Uh, at the moment, it's being read by, you know, the way these things work, it's a little bit the chicken and the egg. You kind of... You get actors to read it, and then if they show some interest, you tell the financiers that they sound as though they're interested, and then you tell the actors that the financiers are interested, and then hopefully they both jump on board at the same time, and then you get to uh, and you get to make it. So uh, Rose and Sharon is a romantic comedy, um, which is you know somewhat of a departure for me, um, certainly as a director. But I I love comedy, I love people, I love interaction. So uh, you know. Um, I'm I'm very excited about the idea of doing something like that. Well, Jason, it has been a pleasure having you on the show, and I wish you the best of luck with all the projects you have coming up. And uh, Pandemic, I recommend that to everybody. It was a great movie. Thank you very much. Thanks for being on the show. I will hopefully be back to tell you about more exciting things when they come upon me. We would love that. <laughs> okay. All right. And I want to thank Jason Connery so much for taking the time to talk to us. He's a real busy guy. He's got a lot of movies that he's got in the works as far as being in, as far as starring, and also directing. So he's you know bouncing all over the world, traveling around and everything. So uh, we really appreciate him taking the time to talk to us. And uh, hopefully we'll have him back on again to uh, tell us about other projects he's got going on. So uh, we'll keep uh, keep that in mind. And let's see here. I want to remind you that uh, coming up on late Wednesday or early Thursday, Thursday of this week, we will be having another episode of On Screen to Beyond coming away, episode 84, and we're going to have a very special guest. So if everything works out well, that'll be coming on Wednesday or Thursday. And then, of course, on Monday, we'll have another episode, our regular episode, which will be number 85. So uh, keep listening. We have a lot of things going on, a lot of great guests coming away. Know you're going to enjoy hearing them talk and talk. Talk about their uh, movies and TV shows and, and music that they've done in the past, and uh, we uh, just you know enjoy that a lot. So I hope you are too. And uh, let's see one other thing: uh, if you are wanting to make a suggestion, uh, there's a, a lot of people who are doing that. Uh, people are writing in a lot and telling us uh, different people that they think that would be good to be uh, as a guest on on screen and beyond. And I'll tell you, uh, it's it's funny because sometimes you know we're always thinking of people we can have and, and trying to connect with these people and then somebody will send somebody's name in and they'll, they'll say oh wow i never even thought of that person you know so uh there's a lot of good ones out there we really appreciate it when you do send them in you can send them to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and uh we can see what we can do about getting those people uh, sometimes it's tough but uh, you know sometimes we don't know if <laughs> how to get in touch with them but uh, we're seeing what we can do and some of them are coming your way 
And uh, there are some good ones out there. And uh, we still have a lot of other guests that are coming your way. So just keep listening. And, you know, hopefully we're bringing you some people who are you're finding interesting and hope you're enjoying it. So that's about it. That's another episode of On Screen and Beyond as we finish this one up. And uh, we will see you later on this week, hopefully. And until then, this is Brian Zimmerich saying take care. Thank you.